Appendix 5 of Personal Narrative of Pilgrimage to Medina and Mecca. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Appendix 5 of Personal Narrative of Pilgrimage to Medina and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. The Pilgrimage of Joseph Pitts to Mecca and Al Medina, AD 1680, Part 2 i shall now inform you how when and where they receive the honourable title of hajjis for which they are at all this pains and expense the qurban biram or the feast of sacrifice follows two months and ten days after the ramadan fast the eighth day after the set two months they all enter into hirawam i e put on their mortifying habit again and in that manner go to a certain hill called jebel urfat i e arafat el arafat i e the mountain of knowledge for there they say adam first found and knew his wife eve and they likewise say that she was buried at gidda near the red sea at whose sepulchre all the hajis who come to mecca by way of the red sea perform to erka its nomaz and i think no more i could not help but smile to hear this their ridiculous tradition for so i must pronounce it when observing the marks which were set the one at the head and the other at the foot of the grave i guessed them to be a bow-shot distant from each other on the middle of her supposed grave is a little mosque built where the haggis pay their religious respect this gibbel or hill is not so big as to contain the vast multitudes which resort thither for it is said by them that there meet no less than seventy thousand souls every year in the ninth day after the two months after ramadan and if it happen that in any year there be wanting some of that number god they say will supply the deficiency with so many angels footnote they are not so modest six hundred thousand is the mystical number others declare it to be incalculable oftentimes seven thousand have met at arafat and a footnote i do confess the number of haggis i saw at this mountain was very great nevertheless i cannot think they could amount to so many as seventy thousand there are certain bound stones placed round the gibbel in the plain to shew how far the sacred ground as they esteem it extends and many are so zealous as to come and pitch their tents within these bounds some time before the hour of paying their devotion here comes waiting for it but why they so solemnly approach this mountain beyond any other place and receive from hence the title of hajjis i confess i do not more fully understand than what i have already said giving but little heed to these delusions i observed nothing worth seeing on this hill for there was only a small cupola on the top of it footnote the cupola has now disappeared there is a tall pillar of masonry work whitewashed rising from a plastered floor for praying and a footnote neither are there many inhabitants nearer to it than mecca about one or two of the clock which is the time of yola nomaz having washed and made themselves ready for it they perform that and at the same time perform ekindonomas which they never do at the same time but upon this occasion because at the time when ekindonomas should be performed in the accustomed order viz about four o'clock in the afternoon they are imploring pardon for their sins and receiving the imam's benediction footnote on the ninth of the hijjah or the day of arafat 
the pilgrims having taken their stations within the sacred limits perform ablution about noon and pray as directed at that hour at three p m after again performing the usual devotions or more frequently after neglecting them they repair to the hill and hear the sermon and a footnote it was a sight indeed able to pierce one's heart to behold so many thousands in their garments of humility and mortification with their naked heads and cheeks watered with tears and to hear their grievous sighs and sobs begging earnestly for the remission of their sins promising newness of life using a form of penitential expressions and thus continuing for the space of four or five hours viz until the time of aksham namaz which is to be performed about half an hour after sunset it is a matter of sorrowful reflection to compare the indifference of many christians with this zeal of these poor blind mahometans who will it is said to be feared rise up in judgment against them and condemn them after their solemn performance of their devotions thus at the jebel they all at once receive that honourable title of hajji from the imam and are so styled to their dying day immediately upon their receiving this name the trumpet is sounded and they all leave the hill and return for mecca and being gone two or three miles on their way they then rest for the night footnote at Muzdalifah. and a footnote but after namaz before they go to rest each person gathers nine and forty small stones about the bigness of a hazelnut the meaning of which i shall acquaint you presently the next morning they move to a place called minna or munna the place as they say where abraham went to offer up his son isaac and therefore in this place they sacrifice their sheep Footnote. this i scarcely need say speaking as a christian all moslems believe that ishmael not isaac was ordered to be sacrificed the place to which pitts alludes is still shown to pilgrims End of it is about two or three miles from mecca i was here shown a stone or a little rock which was parted in the middle they told me that when abraham was going to sacrifice his son instead of striking him providence directed his hand to this stone which he clave in two it must be a good stroke indeed here they all pitch their tents it being in a spacious plain and spend the time of the qurban biram this three days as soon as their tents are pitched and all things orderly disposed every individual haggi the first day goes and throws seven of the small stones which they had gathered against a small pillar or little square stone building footnote pitsnote monsieur de tevenot saith that they throw these stones at the gibbel or mount but indeed it is otherwise though i must needs say he is very exact in almost everything of turkish matters and i pay much deference to that great author and a footnote which action of theirs is intended to testify their defiance of the devil and his deeds for they are at the same time pronounced the following words erzumle shetane was behe footnote the rami or jaculator now usually says as he cast each stone in the name of allah and allah is omnipotent rahman in token of abhorrence to satan and for his ignominy i do this and a footnote i e stone the devil and them that please him footnote the arabic would mean stone the devil and slay him unless wasbihi be an error of washabi and his companions and a footnote and there are two other of the like pillars which are situated near one another at each of which i mean all three the second day they throw seven stones and the same they do the third day 
as i was going to perform the ceremony of throwing stones a facetious haggi met me saith you may save your labour at present if you please for i have hit out the devil's eyes already you must observe that after they have thrown the seven stones on the first day the country people having brought great flocks of sheep to be sold every one buys a sheep and sacrifices it some of which they give to their friends some to the poor which come out of mecca and the country adjacent very ragged poor and the rest they eat themselves after which they shave their heads throw off hirawem and put on other clothes and then salute one another with a kiss saying biram barak ila i e the feast be a blessing to you these three days of biram they spent festively rejoicing with abundance of illuminations all night shooting of guns and fireworks flying in the air for they reckon that all their sins are now done away and they shall when they die go directly to heaven if they don't apostatize and that for the future if they keep their vow and do well god will set down for every good action ten but if they do ill god will likewise reckon every evil action ten and any person who after having received the title of haggi shall fall back to a vicious course of life is esteemed to be very vile and infamous by them Footnote. even the present-day men who have led wild lives in their youth often date their reformation from the first pilgrimage and a footnote. some have written that many of the hajjis after they have returned home have been so austere to themselves as to pour a long time over red-hot bricks of ingots of iron and by that means willingly lose their sight desiring to see nothing evil or profane after so sacred a sight as the temple at mecca but i never knew any such thing done during their three days stay at minna scarce any hajji unless impotent but thinks it is his duty to pay his visit at least once to the temple at mecca they scarce cease running all the way thitherward showing their vehement desire to have a fresh sight of the beat allah which as soon as ever they come in sight they burst into tears for joy and after having performed tawaf for a while and a few arkats they return again to minna and when the three days of Biram are expired, they all, with their tents, etc., come back again to Mecca. They say that after the Hajjis are gone from Minna to Mecca, God doth usually send a good shower of rain to wash away the filth and dung of the sacrifices they are slain, and also that those vast numbers of little stones which I told you the Hajjis throw in defiance of the devil are all carried away by the angels before the year comes about again but i am sure i saw vast numbers of them that were thrown the year before lie upon the ground after they are returned to mecca they can tarry there no longer than the stated time which is about ten or twelve days during which time there is a great fair held where sold all manners of east india goods and abundance of fine stones for rings and bracelets etc brought from the yemen footnote al yemen southern of arabia whose aqiq or carnelians were celebrated and a footnote also chinaware and musk and variety of other curiosities now is the time in which the hajis are busily employed in buying for they do not think it lawful to buy anything till they have received the title of hajji every one almost now buys a coffin or a shroud of fine linen to be buried in for they never use coffins for that purpose which might have been procured at algier or their other respective homes at a much cheaper rate but they choose to buy it here because they have the advantage of dipping it in the holy water zemzem they are very careful to carry the said coffin with them wherever they travel whether by sea or land that they may be sure to be buried therein 
the evening before they leave mecca every one must go to take their solemn leave of the beach entering at the gate called bab salam i e the welcome gate and having continued at tawaf as long as they please which many do so till they are quite tired and it being their last time paying their devotions to it they do it with floods of tears as being extremely unwilling to part and bid farewell and having drank their fill of the water zamzam they go to one side of the beat their backs being toward the door called by the name babel vidur i e the farewell door which is opposite to the welcome door where having performed two or three arkads they get upon their legs and hold up their hands towards the beat making earnest petitions and then keep going backward till they come to the above said farewell gate being guided by some other for they account it a very irreverent thing to turn their backs towards the beat when they have to take leave of it all the way as they retreat they continue petitioning holding up their hands with their eyes fixed upon the beat till they are out of sight of it and so go to their lodgings weeping ere i leave mecca i shall acquaint you with the passage of a turk to me in the temple cloister in the night-time between aksham namaz and giga namaz i e between the evening and the night services the hajjis as usually spend that time or a good part of it which is about an hour and a half at tawaf and then sit down on the mats and rest themselves this i did and after i had sat a while and for my more ease at last was lying on my back with my feet towards the beat but at a distance as many others did a turk which sat by me asked me what countryman i was a moghrebi i said i e one of the west pray quoth he how far west did you come i told him from gazair i e algier ah he replied have you taken so much pains and been at so much cost and now be guilty of this irreverent posture before the beetallah here are many moors who get beggarly livelihood by selling models of the temple unto strangers and in being serviceable to the pilgrims here are also several offendees or masters of learning who daily expound out the al-qur'an sitting in high chairs and some of the learned pilgrims whilst they are here to undertake the same under the room of the hanafis which i mentioned before people do usually gather together between the hours of devotion and sitting round cross-legged it might be twenty or thirty of them they have a very large pair of tasbihs or beads each bead near as big as a man's fist which they keep passing round bead after bead one to the other all the time using some devout expressions i myself was once got in amongst them and methought it was pretty play enough for children however i was to appearance very devout there are likewise some dervishes that get money here as well as that other places by burning of incense swinging their censers as they go along before the people that are sitting as this they do commonly on friday their sabbath in all other gamelar or mosques when the khatib is preaching and the people all sitting still at their devotion they are all in ranks so that the dervishes without the least disturbance to any walks between every rank with his censer in one hand and with the other takes his powdered incense out of a little pouch that hangs by his side Footnote this is still practised in moslem countries being considered a decent way of begging during public prayers without interrupting them and a footnote but though this place mecca is esteemed so very holy yet it comes short of none for lewdness and debauchery 
as for uncleanliness it is equal to grand cairo and they will steal even in the temple itself chapter eight of the pilgrims return from mecca their visit made at medina to mahomet's tomb there having thus given you an account of the turks pilgrimage to mecca and of their worship there the manner and circumstances of which i have faithfully and punctually related and may challenge the world to convict me of known falsehood i now come to take leave of the temple and town of mecca having hired camels of the carriers we set out but we give as much for the hire of one from mecca to egypt which is about forty days journey as the real worth of it is about five or six pounds sterling if it happen that the camel dies by the way the carrier is to supply us with another and therefore those carriers who come from egypt to mecca with a caravan footnote, these people will contract to board the pilgrim and to provide him with a tent as well as to convey his luggage and a footnote those carriers who come from egypt to mecca with a caravan bring with them several spare camels for there is hardly a night passeth but many die upon the road for if a camel should chance to fall it is seldom known that it is able to rise again and if it should they despair of its being capable of performing the journey or even being useful any more it is a common thing therefore that when a camel falls to take off its burden and to put it on another and then kill it which the poorer sort of the company eat i myself have eaten a camel's flesh and it was very sweet and nourishing if a camel tires they even leave him upon the place the first day we set out from mecca it was without any order at all all hurly-burly but the next day every one laboured to get forward and in order to it there was many time much quarrelling and fighting but after every one had taken his place in the caravan they orderly and peaceably kept the same place till they came to grand cairo they travelled four camels in abreast which are all tied one after the other like in teams the whole body is called a caravan which is divided into several kotars or companies each of which hath its name and consists it may be of several thousand camels and they move one cutter after another like distinct troops Footnote. the usual way now is in qatar or the indian file each camel's halter being tied to the tail of the beast that precedes him pitz qatar must be a qatar but he uses the word in another of its numerous senses and a footnote in the head of each cutter is some great gentleman or officer who is carried in a thing like a horse-litter borne by two camels one before and the other behind which is covered all over with sere cloth and over that again with green broad cloth and set forth very handsomely if the said great person hath a wife with him she is carried in another of the same footnote. this vehicle is the takhtrawan of arabia and a footnote in the head of every cutter there goes likewise a sumpter camel which carries his treasures etc this camel hath two bells about the bigness of our market bells having one on each side the sound of which may be heard a great way off some other of the camels have round bells about their necks some about their legs like those which our carriers put about their four horses necks which together with the servants who belong to the camels and travel on foot singing all night make a pleasant noise and the journey passes away delightfully they say this music makes the camels brisk and lively thus they travel in good order every day till they come to grand cairo and were it not for this order you may guess that confusion would be amongst such a vast multitude
they have lights by night which is the chief time of travelling because of the exceeding heat of the sun by day which are carried on tops of high poles to direct hajjis on their marches Footnote. he describes the mashals still in use lane has sketched them Mort egypt chapter six and a footnote they are somewhat like iron stoves into which they put short dry wood which some of the camels are loaded with it is carried in great sacks which have a hole near the bottom where the servants take it out as they see the fires need a recruit every cutter hath one of these poles belonging to it some which have ten some twelve of these lights on their tops are more or less and they are likewise of different figures as well as numbers one perhaps oval way like a gate another triangular or like an n or an m etc so that every one knows by them his respective cutter they are carried in the front and set up in the place where the caravan is to pitch before that comes up and at some distance from another they are also carried by day not lighted but yet by the figure and the number of them the hedges are directed to what cutter they belong as soldiers are by their colours where to rendezvous and without such direction it would be impossible to avoid confusion in such a vast number of people every day is in the morning they pitch their tents and rest several hours when the camels are unloaded the owners drive them to water and give them their provender etc so that we had nothing to do with them beside helping to load them as soon as our tents were pitched my business was to make a little fire and get a pot of coffee when we had ate some small matter and drank the coffee we lay down to sleep between eleven and twelve we boiled something for dinner and having dined lay down again till about four in the afternoon when the trumpet was sounded which gave notice to every one to take down their tents pack up their things and load their camels in order to proceed on their journey it takes about two hours time ere they are in all their places again at the time aksham nomas and also giga nomas they make halt and perform their salah so punctual are they in their worship and then they travel till next morning if water be scarce what i call imaginary abdes will do footnote pits means by imaginary abdes is the sand ablution lawful when water is wanted for sustaining life and a footnote as for ancient men it being very troublesome for such to alight off the camels and get up again it is lawful for them to defer these two times of namaz till the next day but they will be sure to perform it then as for provision we bring enough out of egypt to suffice us till we return thither again at mecca we compute how much will serve us for one day and consequently for the forty days journey to egypt and if we find we have more than we may well guess will suffice us for a long time we sell the overplus at mecca there is charity maintained by the grand signore for water to refresh the poor who travel on foot all the way for there are many such undertake this journey or pilgrimage without any money relying on the charity of the haggis for subsistence knowing that they largely extend it at such time every haji carries his provision water bedding etc with him and usually three or four diet together and sometimes discharge a poor man's expenses the whole journey for his attendance on them there was an irish renegade who was taken very young insomuch that he had not only lost his christian religion but his native language also this man had endured thirty years slavery in spain and in the french galleys but was afterwards redeemed and came home to algiers he was looked upon as a very pious man and a great zealot but the turks for his not turning from the mohammedan faith notwithstanding the great temptations he had to do so 
some of my neighbours who intended for mecca the same year i went with my patroon thither offered this renegado that if he would serve them on this journey they would defray his charges throughout he gladly embraced the offer and i remembered when we arrived at mecca he passionately told me that god had delivered him out of hell upon earth meaning his former slavery in france and spain and had brought him into a heaven upon earth viz mecca i admired much of his zeal but pitied his condition their water they carry in goatskin which they fasten to one side of their camels it sometimes happens that no water is to be met with for two three or more days yet it is well known that a camel is the creature that can live long without drinking god in his wise providence so ordering it for otherwise it would be very difficult if not impossible to travel throughout the parched deserts of arabia in this journey many times the skulking thievish arabs do much mischief to some of the hajjis for the night they will steal upon them especially such are the ones outside the caravan and being taken to be some of the servants that belong to the carriers or owners of the camels they are not suspected when they see a hajji fast asleep for it is usual for them to sleep on the road they lose a camel before and behind and one of the thieves lead it away with a hajji upon its back asleep another of them in the meanwhile pulls on the next camel to tie it to the camel from whence the halter of the other was cut for if that camel be not fastened again to the leading camel it will stop and all that are behind will then stop the course which might be the means of discovering the robbers when they have gotten the stolen camel with its rider at a convenient distance from the caravan and think themselves out of danger they awake the hajji and sometimes destroy him immediately but other times being a little more inclined to mercy they strip him naked and let him return to the caravan Footnote. as i shall explain at a future time there are still some hijazi bedouin whose young men before entering life risk everything in order to plunder a hajji they care little for the value of the article stolen the exploit consists in stealing it and a footnote about the tenth easy day's journey we come out of mecca we enter into medina the place where mohammed lies entombed although it be as i take it two or three days journey out of the direct way from mecca to egypt yet the hajjis pay their visits there for the space of two days and come away the third those mohammedans which live to the southward of mecca at the east indies and their way are not bound to make visit to medina but to mecca only because it would be so much out of their way but such as come from turkey tartary egypt and africa think themselves obliged to do so medina is but a little town and poor yet it is walled round Footnote. the walls therefore were built between a d fifteen o three and a d sixteen eighty and a footnote and hath in it a great mosque but nothing near so big as the temple at mecca in one corner of the mosque is a place built about fourteen or fifteen paces square about this place are great windows footnote. these are not windows but simply the intercolumnar spaces filled with grating and a footnote. fenced with brass gates in the inside it is checked with some lamps and ornaments it is arched all overhead i find some relate that there are also no less than three thousand lamps about mohammed's tomb but it is a mistake for there are not as i verily believed a hundred and i speak what i know and have been an eye-witness of in the middle of this place is the tomb of mohammed 
where the corpse of that bloody impostor is laid which hath silk curtains all around it like a bed which curtains are not costly nor beautiful there is nothing of his tomb to be seen by any by reason of the curtains around it nor are any of the hedges permitted to enter there Footnote. this account is perfectly correct the eunuchs however do not go into the tomb they only light the lamps in and sweep the passage round the sepulchre and the footnote none go in but the eunuchs who keep watch over it and they only light the lamps which burn there by night and to sweep and cleanse the place all the privilege the haji have is only to thrust their hands at the windows between the brass grates footnote. these are the small apertures in the southern grating see chapter sixteen and a footnote and to petition the dead juggler which they do with a wonderful deal of reverence affection and zeal my patroon had his silk handkerchief stolen out of his bosom while he stood at his devotion here it is storied by some that the coffin of mohammed hangs up by the attractive virtue of a lodestone to the roof of the mosque but believe me it is a false story when i looked through the brass gate i saw as much as any of the hedges and the top of the curtains which cover the tomb were not half so high as the roof or arch so that it is impossible that his coffin should be hanging there i never heard the mahometans say anything like it on the outside of this place where mahomet's tomb is are some sepulchres of their reputed saints among which one is prepared for jesus christ when he shall come again personally into the world for they hold that christ will come again in the flesh forty years before the end of the world to confirm the mahometan faith and say likewise that our saviour was not crucified in person but in effigy or one like him medina is much supplied by the opposite abyssin country which is on the other side of the red sea from thence they have corn and necessaries brought in ships an odd sort of vessels i ever saw their sails being made of matting such as they use in the houses and mosques to tread upon when we had taken our leave of medina the third day and travelled about ten days more we were met by a great many arabians who brought abundance of fruit to us particularly raisins but from whence i cannot tell Footnote. the caravan must have been near the harbour of muayla where supplies are abundant and a footnote when we came within fifteen days journey of grand cairo we were met by many people who came from thence with their camels laden with presents for the hajjis sent from their friends and relations as sweetmeats etc but some of them came rather for profit to sell fresh provisions to the hajjis and trade with them about ten days before we got to cairo we came to a very long steep hill called aqaba which the hajjis are usually much afraid how they shall be able to get up those who can will walk it the poor camels having no hoofs find it very hard to work and may drop here they are all untied and we dealt gently with them moving very slowly and often halting before we came to this hill i observed no descent and when we were at the top there was none but all plain as before we passed by mount sinai by night and perhaps when i was asleep so that i had no prospect of it when we came within seven days journey of cairo we were met by abundance of people more some hundreds who came to welcome their friends and relations but it being night it was difficult to find those they wanted and therefore as the caravans passed along they kept calling them aloud by their names and by this means found them out 
when we were in three days journey of it we had many camel loads of the water of the nile brought us to drink but the day and night before we came to cairo thousands came out to meet us with extraordinary rejoicing it is thirty-seven days journey from mecca to cairo and three days we tarry by the way which together makes us as i said forty days journey and all this way there is scarce any green thing to be met with nor beast nor fowl to be seen or heard nothing but sand and stones excepting one place which we passed through by night i suppose it was a village where were some trees and we thought gardens End of appendix five